Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 64 of What's Happening in Travel with my buddy, Bushro, and I am Kerwin. Uh, we are recording this on, what's today's date, Kerwin? 25th of January, January. Uh, January 25th, Monday, January 25th. And so, uh, and the news we have, I guess, in a transfer, traverses about a week, week or so before. So before we begin, uh, what's your background there, Kesho? Um, It is a scene at Moscow's, one of Moscow's airports of the Rossiya fleet, okay. including this uh, Amur Tiger logo that I think is absolutely brilliant it on is. a Rossiya 747. Oh, neat. And uh, so is this Domo, Domo de... I think they operate out of Shamatiavo, I think. okay, yeah. I think uh, I'm not 100% sure. I always have trouble pronouncing the names of the airport. Yeah. <laughs> they are a mouthful. I know. So, so the, is it D, DME, right? And SBO? And a VNO. Oh, VNO. Oh, oh, that's the third one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then there's that fourth one also. Oh, is the there? Sure is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Look, um, I forget what it was. Have you made it to, to Russia yet? Uh, Yes. <laughs> Did you go with me? <laughs> <laughs> you came and stayed with me. Ah, that's so funny, Krishna. Yeah, it was one of those trips. Uh, uh, I, I did go back. I think that I went back after that. Um, actually, I just passed through there. I didn't. I don't think I had stopped. Mm, um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Took yeah. Aeroflot. Yeah, that's true. I didn't really. Oh. I just passed through. Um, all right, cool. So, uh, oh, and my background is uh, New York. About a year ago, I was actually in New York for the New York Times Travel Show. And um, during the New York Times Travel Show, is uh, it's a good time just to see New York. And uh, Grand Central Station is one of the places that I love to see in New York. So uh, this is a picture of Grand Central Station. All right, Kishore. So let's jump right into it because a whole bunch of stuff is going on. And we're gonna, we have a lot of stuff to stay. We're going to try to do it in one hour. And that one hour starts now. Let's hope I don't run out of battery. Nope, I should be good because uh, I don't have it plugged in. <laughs> All right. So um, the, we, we mentioned a story before about um, uh, American Airlines and one of their suppliers uh, with, with nuts. With and, nuts, yeah. yeah. And where they couldn't, um, they, they had contract things and they, because the suppliers are making the nuts, American wasn't using them, so there was a surplus. And um, American wouldn't take them or I guess pay for them. So the company decided they were gonna go and sell them on their own. And it's actually been a really profitable business. Matter of fact, they have a problem now because they can't fulfill the orders. And so, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's quite crazy. So the waiting list is long, but people don't care because they're getting the nuts that they had. Okay, oh, I didn't know that. How applying. did you find out about that? Because the press is notorious for not following up on, on those stories. Yeah. Um a bunch of people like online that, yeah. and people who Okay, oh good. And they also have a website. So when you go to their website, they tell you that you know they're delayed and please hold on. Okay. Oh good for them. Yeah. Because so it's, it's a small little operation, I believe. It is a verse. It's a mom and pop operation. <clears throat> and so this kind Good for you, them. Exactly, right? So if you think about this for other airlines, this kind of stuff is happening all over the globe. So American is in the news again. And, uh, but, but it's slightly different because what are they doing now? So this was from the American newsroom. And again, it opened my eyes to a lot of things. First of all, I did not realize American Airlines had experts in viticulture, which is the growing of grapevines. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are regarded as one of the best, if not the best US airline for um, onboard wines. Mm. I did not know that. Didn't either. And these are not uh, the wines you get in plastic bottles in economy. These are what you get as a business class international passenger or a domestic first class or in any of the premium lounges. Mm -hmm. um, and 
So what they've done, again, I think very innovative. I guess they've got a surplus of wine uh, and they have launched what they call flagship sellers. So this is essentially buying their onboard wines um, directly from American to the general public. Makes so I wanted to see how easy it was to find this. Mm-hmm. And I could not find it anywhere on the website. So ultimately I had to do a search mm-hmm. and uh, then you've under a advantage. That's when I found it. But again, it wasn't very, it was some, wasn't something that was you find it. Well, advertised the- to be very yeah. uh, different and unique. But I think it is because no other U.S. airline for certain, and I'm trying to think of an international carrier. I don't think I've really heard of any carrier selling its um, Um, onboard wines directly to the public. So, So, and these will be delivered to your doorstep. Which is good. It's a wine club. It's a wine club, essentially. Yeah. It's a subscription wine club. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have two choices. We have three. You have three choices. Um, you have these. Um, um, you can get a choice, a random choice. Um, you can get uh, your custom list of wines, or you can get uh, a monthly subscription. And these are not cheap. Because you get three bottles for about a hundred US dollars a month, mm-hmm. um, and as um, sort of a lure to get you to order, you get a free bottle of wine the first time you order. It makes sense. So these are yeah. handpicked premium wines picked by uh, the American Airlines master sommelier, who I guess is the wine expert. Um, and these are from, as they say, prestigious vineyards across the world um, with flexible wine subscriptions or build your own case options. And again, something else I didn't know is that American has a track record of excellence in viticulture, winning more global traveler wines on the wing awards than any other US airline. I didn't mm. even know there was a, a set of awards by that name. <laughs> Um, Christian, you have, to get, review, you have to get into your wine, your wine. Drink. I guess so. <laughs> I have to live the glamorous life. Yes, you do. They review about 2000 different wines every year uh, and they select just a few. And every three months, apparently, a group of wine experts choose a different set of wine based on the history and the usage by passengers and customers. And then these are again reviewed with this master sommelier before they are uh, released again. Mm. So, um, yeah, as I said, you have three uh, three options: uh, a curated collection of mixed wines, a build-your-own wine custom box, or a monthly subscription of three bottles for about a hundred U.S. Yeah. dollars, including delivery. And um, Advantage members can get two miles uh, for every dollar spent. And as I said, you get one bottle free with your first order. I thought this was a great idea. Yeah, so the the reason why you couldn't find it is because it's targeted for uh, Advantage members. So that's really who they're going after. So they would have sent out an email because I got the email that said- Oh, you did? uh, mm -hmm. It okay. said about uh, the wine club and stuff like that. So that's kind of who they target usually. Actually, I think I but got then it. shouldn't it be on the website though? Not necessarily because, you know, um, it's, it's not, American doesn't sell wines. They sell airline seats. So anything else. a little blurb or something like that. Anything else that expected. you see, because it's, a, it's, because it's a perk for the Advantage members. That's why when you went okay. to the Advantage members section, that's when you saw it. Um, they're not really they're, like okay. People who come to the How American. How did it know though? How okay. did it know that I wasn't an? Adv- well, I actually, I am an Advantage member. Yeah, but uh, because anyone who goes to the Advantage section will see everything about the Air Advantage stuff. But if you're signed in, then you probably get more information. And I have oh, I see. In, uh, to see uh, okay. if they're actually sending me something different. 
um but it's it's i think it's targeted at the uh, advantage members okay. so that's probably why um you but know, i do not have a sophisticated palate by any means and these wines are way beyond my price range well wines are it's i mean it's not for everyone and also right. um Only subjective as well. Yeah, it's typical wine club stuff that they're doing. So the the only unique thing is that it's coming from American Airlines. Yeah. So they probably get uh, uh they probably have a wine a wine club or something like that that's doing it on the back end, mm-hmm. and it just has the American Airlines name. A, a long time ago, and uh, I actually thought an idea would be to do something very similar, but what I would do is incorporate. All the different airlines are not just American, and the mm. idea was that uh, I would fly the airlines and I would sample the wines and I would find out where the wines come from and then I'd recommend them. Um, but I wouldn't sell them myself because selling wines is really difficult. Yeah, so to find them in some wine club, like American is doing, and have the wine club do the distribution and the deliveries because all that stuff is very. It, it's even by state, like you can't buy in. uh Appleton Wisconsin for example uh you can't there's a beer that's there that you can you can only buy that beer in Appleton they can't ship it out okay. um so there's a bunch of little things like that and all the wine clubs and everything they know all the rules and uh because I want someone to follow up with this to see how successful they've been or uh, they will be I think it will be quite good There's a lot of people who drink a lot of wines. Oh, I know that. Yeah, and they missed the Christmas season actually. Well, because just a few weeks. Well, they were probably trying. Oh, but <clears throat> it's okay because uh, they were probably just trying to figure out how to get it all done. And then it's a wine yeah. club, right? So they're going to make money on the subscriptions because there's yeah. a lot of people who miss the wines that are on the plane, just like how they miss the peanuts and the cashew. <laughs> um, So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a brilliant idea. Um, so good it, for them. Yeah, and it, it makes sense. I, I was trying to see if I could find the email from them, but I haven't been able to find. Okay, them. I'm surprised I never got one. Uh, I'm sorry. I guess you're more high value, value Kusho, than uh, what's what's your status in America? <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, hold on. Let's see if it's in the last one they got. Um, I think barely above noticeable. No. But anyway, really let's not get sidetracked. Uh it, it's it's you know, it's good to get um uh, sidetracked for sure. I'm pretty sure they send that uh yeah, it, it came out on January 21st. It says okay. uh introducing the new flagship sellers. Uh Okay. Is, yeah, is what it says. Maybe my message got lost in the mail. Probably, and it says um Enjoy premium in-flight wines at home, shop. And it says, uh, uncork okay. and unwind with in-flight wine delivered to your door, selected by a master sommelier for a flagship program, blah, 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 blah. And then there's a link to it. So it's called flagship okay. sellers. Yeah. So that's what they, that's what they oh. do uh, with, all, with all that stuff. Mm. It's targeted at their freaking flyers. So for only $199, because I could pick whatever I want. So, I thought it was ninety ninety nine ninety nine. No, they they they're giving me. Um, Excuse me. So I can get, I can get a case of champagne, twelve bottles, for three hundred and ninety nine dollars, oh. and uh, also oh, it's not just wines. <clears throat> uh, well, you know, champagne counts under under wine, under wine. Does. Yeah, in okay. in wine in wine clubs, you'll get you'll get champagne okay. as well. Um, so the other one they have is a first class mixed case, twelve bottles, two ninety nine ninety nine. It's a discount because it's normally three eighty eight. So you thought a hundred bucks a month was expensive, right? <laughs> <laughs> And then they have the there's a flagship select mixed case, which is twelve bottles for one ninety nine. The normally price is two seventy six. And you know they have it broken down by ports, champagne, whites, reds, uh, and and uh, and it's it's actually really nicely done. But in the back end, I was trying to see if I could see the back end. Uh, it is more than likely being run by a current. It's brought to you by Vines Wines, so the company that's running it in the background is Vines Wines. Okay. Um, and they just partner partner with them. 
mm. uh, to bring it to you. And it's, I mean, the website is, is laid out really, really well. I'm sure uh, it is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so this sophistication is Costco. Yeah, so it's at email support at vinesswine.com. <clears throat> so Vines is the name of it. And, okay. a, and a part, a flagship sellers is just a part of Vines. Crafty, crafty, so. crafty. Well done. Um, all right. So speaking of good deals, um, IAG, which is the group that owns um, British Airways. Elingus. Elingus. Iberia. Iberia. And now. Vueling. Uh, the Vueling. So Vueling is a low cost um, that's in <coughs> uh, Spain. And Iberia is the, I guess, luxury liner or, or whatever you want to call it. That yeah. thing. But now. Yeah. Uh, what are they doing now? They're, they're picking up another airline, right? So this was a little unbelievable. Uh-huh. They got Air Europa for fifty percent off. Yeah, makes sense. It's Literally like go bankrupt, right? Well, Air Europa wasn't exactly going bankrupt because in two thousand nineteen, mm-hmm. uh, they made a profit of about um, uh, two point one billion. Sorry, sorry, sorry. A profit of about 42 million euros, which okay. is about 51 million US dollars on revenues of 2.1 billion euros or about 2.54 okay. million US dollars. So they weren't and, exactly doing badly. Yeah, but in 2020? They are, <laughs> yeah, but then all airlines, right? Yeah. So they, here's the weird part, or at least what I found weird, is that uh, they agreed uh, this is the IAG group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they agreed to buy a Europa in November 2019 for 1 billion US, 1 billion euros, sorry. Okay. And then in January 2021, the price came down to 500 million euros. So that's literally a 50% yes. uh, sale. That makes, makes sense. It's a fire sale, right? It's either that or go bankrupt. Right. So this airline, Air Europa, which is which has about uh, fifty-two aircraft, depending on when you uh, um, assess them, mm-hmm. uh, it's got three thirties, seven thirty-sevens, and seven eight-sevens. They mainly fly to um, Europe, uh, South America, mm-hmm. and a few destinations in Southeast Asia. Right. So the strategy behind this, and it's owned by um, a company called Globalia, which is a tourism and transportation holding company in Spain. So the reason behind, and this is all going through Iberia, not BA. It makes sense. It makes sense, yes. The reason for this is they want to um, raise Madrid Barajas, which is the airport, to the level of um, uber competitive European hub airports like Amsterdam, London, um, Frankfurt, and Paris. That was their rationale for swallowing Air Europa. Dude. To make and Madrid. You believe, you believe that? <laughs> well, it does give them a pretty formidable presence in Madrid, right? But they could have had that Even anyway. This airline is based in Mallorca. Uh, but they could have had that anyway. They're just getting rid of the competition from boiling. <laughs> well, that's all it is. They're sort also, of competing with themselves, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, but, but Air Europa also um, competes in some of the uh, Iberia routes as well. Yes, you're right. So it's, it's a snapping right. up the competition and snapping up some really cheap brand new planes. Really? Really? <laughs> really. Now, most of their planes are leased, as actually almost all of them. Yeah. And as far as I remember, I thought your Air Europa was skyting. I actually uh, think they are. I'll check it real quick. Well, they'll have to be pulled out. They are. They are a Sky Team because so uh, they never uh, did specify if they're going to keep the Air Europa brand or merge it into um, Iberia. And here's another weird thing: um, <clears throat> the payment is to be deferred until this until the sixth anniversary of the completion of the deal. Um, after, as they say, realizing significant synergies resulting from the transaction. Hmm. So hmm. I've never heard of this sort of a 
structure of a loan, but of a deal, but hey, there's the first time for everything. Yeah, something is, um, so, there's a lot more that we don't know. And they are Sky Team. Okay. Yeah. So, so they yeah. struck a deal with the, um, one of the big um, Spanish societies that mm. actually uh, is a parent of Air Europa that actually lent the airline a lot of money. They had to agree with um, the deal, and which is expected yeah. to be completed in the second half <clears throat> of 2021. As they so, say, as they say in the military, <clears throat> um, this deal is way above our pay grade. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it sounds like some something else is happening, or has happened, or will happen I, in this deal. Yeah, but I'm surprised they never got more competition, though. From other airlines. Um, that's what I'm saying. But, There's more. Th this is above our pay grade. No. <laughs> uh, because, right, you would think that this would be something that they would go up for sale or for bid or whatever it is. So um, I think maybe the owners just, you know, they were having coffee one day or they were having some yeah. wine from the American uh, flagship sellers. <laughs> and then, then... <laughs> that's right. Or one world. Uh, one world sellers, and then they came up with it, right? I wonder what they'll do with the 787s and the 737s. Well, the seven, that's a new type. Yeah, well, the 737s, I mean, they use them for intra-Europe. I've actually flown them. Right, but will Iberia? Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll have to stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. Well, they'll, they'll probably use the 787 for the long-haul route. And like, like you're saying, looks like they're going to... But that's it. if they keep the brand, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they and they probably will. But even if they don't, uh, and it's weird because Boeing is actually an a an Airbus fleet. I don't think Boeing all Airbus. So is Iberia. Yeah, so it'll be um yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting. But you know, Iberia has those aging um, they have some three forties that they need to. I park. think they got rid of them. Okay. Yeah. Did, did yeah. they get rid of their six hundreds as well? I think the six hundreds were the first to go. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, and then the 300s. Yeah. So then this means oh. that they have some really nice 787s to do those long hauls because they come... But the Iberia's got its own 350s, right? Uh, yeah, but the doesn't 359s? Mean they, doesn't mean they can't use the 787s. Or maybe they'll oh, just return oh. those to the lessos or something. Yeah. Um, but I guess they have lots of options. Yeah. So yeah, this is, a, this is a cool story to, uh, to watch. Um, the other... Is that all you had in it? Sorry? Yes. Okay. Yes. The other big news coming out of uh, Europe is um, KLM. I mean, with so with coronavirus, and especially since we're having a second uh, wave and um, much of Europe is on is on lockdown, a lot of the airlines are just doing, they're basically cutting service to, because nobody's going anywhere if, if Europe is on the lockdown. Hmm. And so KLM made some announcements. What did they say? Actually, the government um, of the Netherlands announced these drastic new rules to try and cut down on uh, the infection rate. And actually, the Netherlands has been one of the countries that has managed this good, uh, right? pandemic relatively well. Mm -hmm. But uh, the government has suddenly um, um, gotten a lot more aggressive in their management of the pandemic. And they have issued all these new regulations that are mandatory for everyone entering the Netherlands. And the most onerous one was that you had to have one of these rapid antigen tests four hours before departure from your origin city before arriving to the Netherlands. So KLM argued at, at the this airport. is an at the airport, yes. Right, and this is in addition yeah. to a negative PCR test, which had to be taken 72 hours. Plus, oh, okay. they had to come and quarantine in the Netherlands. So KLM argued that the airports were just not set up right. um, Worldwide, for these not. rapid tests. They're not right. ready yet. So, um, and what they termed from high-risk uh, locations. I'm actually surprised the U.S. was not considered to be high risk because yeah. when I checked, you know how that works. <laughs> the KLM flights were still operating from the U.S. to the Netherlands, but um, South America is gone. 
South Africa is gone. And um, I think even more devastating is that the ABC islands, the Dutch islands, Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao, they have also been scrapped for now. Which is huge for this time of the year. It's a huge deal for these places. Everybody goes there and the Dutch goes down to these islands in the summer because it's so cold in Europe. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, just yesterday I was reading about something that KLM had... uh, cobbled together this uh, test for its crew Mm -hmm. to have um, their their, uh, uh, immunity screened before departure. But I don't know what's happened as of now because um, it still looks like almost all the South American flights are gone, including the Johannesburg. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So... Um. um, and also, by the way, from the UK, which is yeah. another big deal, because there's a lot of traffic between the London and Amsterdam. You know, that just reminded me of so, something. A friend of mine is doing a Uganda, you know, in about a, two weeks, they, they want to fly Uganda to, to Amsterdam. And I'm huh. wondering if, that, if they're going to be able to take that flight. I need to ask them about that. They said South Africa in Africa only. Because that's where this virulent uh, mutation of the virus was first detected. So I don't know if Uganda's included. Yeah. I'm not sure KLM flies to uh, Entebbe or Kampala. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. I think it's Kampala. Do they do? Yeah, I, I like Kampala okay. and Entebbe because he would. He would. It, it, it's interesting, right? So um, KLM has some interesting routes in Africa. Uh, mm-hmm. You won't, won't see them now because of coronavirus, but they they would have a flight that would do like. Um, uh, Kilimanjaro, Dar es Salaam. Exactly, but it would it would go to another country as well. So they, they had these tags. Yeah, yeah they had yeah. these tags that are always in there. They would go to one country, tag to another country, and then go back. They to, do Singapore, to Bali. Yeah. So those there were some interesting African tags by yeah. uh, by Kellen, which is uh, interesting. Um, so I'm curious to see what happens because this is a huge revenue hit to them. Yeah. And they're barely head above water right now. Yeah, it's a huge hit. Uh, wait, <clears throat> wait, wait, you know what's weird though, Christian, with the new strain, which I saw Moderna came out and said, oh, our vaccine yeah. takes care of it. But I haven't heard anything from Pfizer. How are they able to uh, tell this so definitively, so quickly? I guess they can go back and look at what's in it. Look at, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they end up testing it, yeah. on, testing it on some of the people who had it. I I thought that was interesting too. I was like, oh, okay. Should I be buying Moderna stock or something? <laughs> too late. Um, but I, yeah, I'm curious to see what happens here. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the, the whole new strain thing and basically basically the world is shutting down again. Um, because we, with, the, with, with the U.S. requiring, um, I guess, PCR tests when you're coming in within 72 hours, Starting um, tomorrow. Starting tomorrow, um, and it's you know this is not new, new, a new thing for a country to require a PCR test. It's just most of the, the rest of the world. Yeah, actually. almost everybody is requiring it <laughs> except the US because yeah. the Caribbean have been doing that for a long time. You, you yeah. need a test to come in, or when we come in, we'll test you. But the US is a, is just starting it. It's creating a lot of buzz, quote unquote, here in the US because people have actually canceled their trip. Because one thing people have to remember is, and, and if, you're, if you're like, a, uh, if, if you're a non-rev who's listening, um, you need to remember that some of these destinations only have one flight a week. And mm-hmm. so um, if, you're, if you need to go take a test and for whatever reason you can't get the test, you're going to miss that flight. And so you need to be. And no one is going to help you overseas. No. no. And and the thing (laughs) is, what you have to remember too, like in the Bahamas, it's $250 for that test. And also, one thing to remember is that when you go overseas, a lot of these countries don't have the facility to test Mm -hmm. even their, to to test enough of their own citizens. So um, you're going to be putting a strain on those systems. So bear all that stuff in mind check before you go yeah like you should just like how you, you book in a hotel and you book in the car or rental and all that you should be booking a covid <laughs> test to come in. uh because that's the kind of stuff that yeah. is, or it, find it, a place that will 
find a place because a lot of these um, smaller places don't have have it at the airports. Uh -huh. Some people have it at the airports. Um, and I'm actually working on a, on a, on, well, if you go to um, passrider.com, actually it's, I, I can't remember the name of the URL now, it's uh, travelrestrictions.info. Um, you'll be able to find uh, airports, um, a list of airports, and you can find a list of uh, countries and what they're doing and also airlines and what all the procedures are. Mm. And then when you look at the airports, the airports will tell you if those airports have COVID tests or not, because some airports do have uh, COVID tests. Um, Another thing that struck me was mm -hmm. that this little, there's a little enzyme, a little protein that is used in the PCR test. Yeah. And that protein is isolated from, um, it, or at least it was from a hot spring. Hmm. Uh, because it's a thermal, it survives at temperatures of well close to 100 degrees. Wow, that's interesting. How how are they dealing with this explosion of demand? Uh, so, maybe they have a lot of different houses, but but they made all these already, right? So a lot of the stuff that we're getting now, they already look at them. the millions and millions that are being required every day. Yeah, of samples, but anyway. That's just my mind working over time. No, no, no. That is actually <clears throat> quite interesting. So, um, oh, the, the thing, talking about testing, um, I saw something where they're working on a little strip and it's a strip that you would put on your, on your, on your mask. Uh-huh. And then that, Oh, yes. Yeah. And that little strip will tell you if you've been basically in contact with somebody who, who, okay. um, who are, who's transmitting the virus. So that's interesting. Not that you have it, but just that it changes color, apparently. Huh. So what it does, it collects all the samples all day when you're out. And then when you press it, it's like a pregnancy test. It takes that sample that, it's, that it has on it, mm, and then it mm. changes the color. And you know if you've been in touch with somebody. So you know, well, maybe I need to go get tested, or I'm good to go. Mm. And, and then I also read a few weeks ago, actually, that Germany had developed this um it's like a little when you take your own blood sugar yeah uh, i think you have to use your saliva you stick it into this machine um and in a few seconds you can tell if you're positive or negative uh, there i don't know go. what's happened to that yeah but so more that... and more airlines are now requiring that yeah. or strongly hinting that their employees will have to get vaccinated uh yes they are <clears throat> so speaking of that um and the latest one is united that yes. came up with that, at least, and I think they're the first one in the U.S. So there's a lot of yes. people people are talking about that because the laws in the U.S. are different, and I don't know if you can make um, the condition for employment that you had to take mm -hmm. a particular test. Now, the interesting thing is that the condition for employment at most airlines is that you have to do a drug test. So. How is this it's different from a vaccination? Is though. a vaccination different from a drug test because yeah. you're actually having yeah. something injected in you rather than just Correct. getting something taken right. out of you? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I guess that's the difference. But in, in places like Singapore, where the rules are different, I think they're requiring that their employees have. Um, yes. Tests, <clears throat> Singapore right? wants to be the, the world's first fully yeah. vaccinated airline, yeah. Singapore Airlines. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be messy with lawsuits yeah. and people shouting and screaming about their civil rights and this yeah. and that. But and it's already, I'm it's sure United has thought about this. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they have. Um, it's getting interesting. All right. Uh, was that was it for Kalen? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, Alitalia. We talked about them having issues and doing all kinds of stuff. So yeah. are they getting rid of the Alitalia name? Because see, what's happening? <laughs> this is what I don't like about these articles when they're written. Uh -huh. They leave the, the final decision, which is a pretty big deal, ambiguous. So, they don't what, know. <laughs> so we don't know. Yeah. Correct. So here's the deal. Don't know. Mm -hmm. um, Alitalia has been in trouble Forever. And we've talked about it uh, here, right? Yes. Italy, the government has been bailing them out fairly repeatedly. Uh -huh. um, 
But now the EU is saying no, because Italy is a pretty big member of the EU and they have to abide by laws stipulated by the EU. Right. And this was based on an article that was written in an influential Italian news magazine called L'Espresso. Always seems to remind me of a cup of coffee rather than a magazine. I know, right? Never mind. Uh, According to the EU, um, the Alitalia brand is an emblematic indicator of continuity after 75 years. Um, After 11 years of turbulent private management and three failed restructuring attempts, um, they do not want uh, the Alitalia name to stay. Oh, really? Huh. Uh, Yes. So they wanted ah. to be represented by the new name of ITA, which in Italian is Italia Transporto Aereo, if I'm saying that correctly, which is translated as Italy Air Transport. Uh, And they plan to begin operations sometime in 2021. But the Italian government has other plans. They want to nationalize it and relaunch the airline after uh, COVID sort of screwed up their plans to sell Alitalia. Right. So um, Alitalia is composed of three sex, uh, three businesses, really, the air transport, the ground maintenance, and auxiliary services. And the EU is wanting um, the ground transport, the non-aviation-related businesses to be sold off separately to two different companies Mm. and wants the airline division to remain completely separate. And the Uh, Italian government is saying no, because all they want to do is just sell the assets of the old Alitalia to the new ITA. They want (laughs) out. Yes. So essentially it's going to be Alitalia light because it's going to be 50% of its um, former size. They're going to have about 5,500 employees, about half of what they currently have, Mm -hmm. with about 52 planes. Uh, They're going to keep only five 190s, which really is not enough, the Embraer's. Right. 40 uh, 319-320s, five 777s, and one 777-300. Wow. Which really is not enough for an extensive long haul network. So they're cutting but, a lot of the long haul. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. But what they want to do is that they want to restructure with a more fuel efficient fleet based on the 787, considering that huge sections of the fuselage and the horizontal uh, tailplane is made in uh, Italy, in the boot region of Italy. But Airbus is saying, not so fast. Um, We want to sell you the 339 and 338 with the 350. But in order to get the price that Alitalia needs, that the Airbus aircraft would have to be sold at a discount of up to 70% of the list price. So I think this article actually makes things a little more confusing. So is Alitalia going to stay or are they going to change it to ITA? Yeah, it's um, that they don't know for sure. But um, I know where they can find some 787s. <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's no shortage of them now. There's no shortage. And we just talked about Air Europa getting gobbled and up Norwegian. by Iberia, right? So yeah, Norwegian, especially Norwegian. So yeah, there's a ton of so, there's, a, there's a ton of airplanes in general out there. <laughs> there's no shortage. <laughs> yes. So stay tuned. Oh my god! But I, I just thought it was worth mentioning, even though this article really doesn't clarify a lot of stuff in oh, yeah. airways. <clears throat> it's it's a not- big deal, I think, because Alitalia is is such a um, I hate to use this word because it's so mm-hmm. overused. Iconic name. It is. And it's very Italian, right? I mean, it's like, yes. it's very, very Italian. So yes. I can see the Italians getting really mad about losing their flag carrier. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah. Um, wow. Okay, so stay tuned. But meanwhile, what is the name of that little airline? Ego? Ego, yes. Ego is starting up and doing stuff, right? 
Well, we'll wait and see how long. Uh, yeah, this is crazy. So, Speaking of airlines starting <laughs> up, um, was there Abu Dhabi? Um, but before, before you start, um, a friend of mine had sent a note. They're like, oh, look at these really great fares uh, from like, it was like Muscat to Abu Dhabi or something like that. And I was like, really? Huh. So, so when are they starting it? They started. Okay. So this is Wizair from Hungary, yeah. uh, but they are all over Europe, extremely aggressive and very successful. Well, apparently they decided Europe wasn't enough and they had a bigger appetite. So they partnered with the government of Abu Dhabi, <clears throat> which is one of the Emirates in the UAE. Yeah. Um, and they have a base set up at Abu Dhabi with 321s. So they started their first flight on the uh, 15th uh, of January to Athens in Greece. Okay. Because that is one of the green countries where you are allowed to travel uh, <clears throat> safely with all the COVID restrictions. Mm -hmm. So they received their um, operating certificate. This is error, error sorry. Was there. there Abu Dhabi in October 2020 um, after they got delivery of their 321s in August mm -hmm. 2020. The next um, city to start is Thessaloniki in Greece again in February. And then um, they plan to start Alexandria in Egypt, Lanaka in Cyprus, Odessa in Ukraine, Kutaisi in uh, Georgia, uh, Yerevan and Armenia. So mm. they're all very sort of non-traditional destinations, really, when right. you think about it. Yeah. But maybe there's a market. <clears throat> well, there is. A lot of people oh. are traveling to the smaller destinations now. I guess I call them secondary destinations. One, because yeah. all the big ones is just too much COVID and they're overpopulated. Right. Yeah. So the CEO was asked, why are you doing this? Um, and... His response was, I guess he didn't really have a choice. Dubai has uh, Fly Dubai mm -hmm. and Sharjah has Air Arabia. Mm -hmm. So this is the third major emirate, if you can call it that, Abu Dhabi, with sort of like a feeder airline. Even yeah. though it's not a feeder airline, it's a pretty substantial airline in its own right. So now you have these three airlines from the UAE operating to the same second tier, if you can call them that, destinations. Yeah. And I don't know how all three could survive, honestly. Well, but they're from because, different cities, though. And uh, Sharjah, Sharjah... A few hours driving from each other. They and what are? is the local market? Well, if you think In Abu about Dhabi, it... Dubai, I can see, but Abu Dhabi, maybe. Sharjah? Well, yeah, Sharjah is actually big. I went to Sharjah and didn't realize it was that big. Okay, but wait, it yeah. gets a little more complicated. Uh -huh. The government of Abu Dhabi also has an arrangement with Sharjah to have a 51% interest in Air Arabia Abu Dhabi. Okay. Which is essentially flying the same routes, but out of Sharjah. Okay. So this makes no sense to me, but then again, I do not have all the information. Right, and exactly. I am not making the big bucks. And you know, there's a there's a so, there's a lot of ego and there's a lot of money. And so um, people do all these interesting things, and you're like, well, that makes no sense at all. And also, I remember too, Krisha, that there's a lot of um, uh, there's a lot of labor that comes from Asia into these true, into these areas. True, but the planes are not cheap, though, right? The labor may be cheap. Yeah, but fuel you know, they, may be cheap. <clears throat> but they got oil. Yeah, oil money. We, st we still use oil no matter what we say we, we will use oil until long after you and I are gone <laughs> yeah and they uh wizard maintains that they're not going to be a feeder for Etihad they're going to be a point-to-point -point operator from Abu Dhabi mm. um and get this they're waiting for their first 321 XLR to operate London okay which is Etihad's bread and butter uh, yeah, so I don't know yeah. how that's going to work. But remember that the audience that flies Etihad is different from the audience that flies Wizard. Right. But how many right. are there? How many of these people are there? Well, Etihad is making it work, I think. Um, 
Yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. So but, but obviously these guys like I mean at airlines, um there's a bunch of smart people who figures out how many people live in market in city A, how many people live in city B, true. And, how, and what's the propensity for them to travel between A and B and how much they'll pay and all that kind of they have fancy words for it, right? But um that just kind of explains it in layman's term. And I'm pretty sure before you start any route, this is something that you do. And so I'm pretty sure that these smart guys have figured out, oh, okay, yeah, we could make some money from this. Otherwise they wouldn't, they shouldn't be doing it, right? Yep. Uh, <clears throat> so we're assuming so, that that's what the smart people have, uh, <laughs> have done. <laughs> so I, I, when, when you talk about Wazir Abu Dhabi, I'm like, so what happened to Etihad? So yeah. <laughs> We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Because Etihad also has the 320s, right? Where they used to fly into these secondary Central Asian and mm -hmm. uh, nearby destinations. So yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. Well, and there's also, well, Gulf Air is in Bahrain, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Gulf Air flies in, That's the market, a tour, yeah. in the market this as well. This is all from one not yeah. so big country, the UAE. Yeah. I mean, it's remarkable that they're so dynamic. Exactly. It looks like it's heading for failure. Um, Even though this Air Arabia Abu Dhabi mainly focuses on um, South Asia, mainly, I don't want to say completely, but. Um, so, so basically, they're still. looking at Europeans who want to go to the Middle East, and they're looking at, in terms of Air, in terms of Wizir, and then in terms of Air right. Asia, it's the. Um, it's no, the, in terms of Air Arabia. Air Arabia, sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's basically the. The, the labor market, pool, the labor yeah. pool, yeah, that's coming in. Um, because yeah, when you yeah. go to Dubai, if you've been to Dubai, uh, you can see it's pretty amazing um, to see the labor in 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 uh, the Middle East. The people that do the work and um, are people from Asia. And when you go South to Asia. Kuwait, yeah, it's South Asia. When you go to yep. Kuwait, you can see it. When you go to Dubai, Abu the Dhabi, and... yeah, you can definitely see. It. Matter of mm -hmm. fact, in Dubai. They all live in their own little communities. You have the Filipino neighborhood, the Pakistani yep. neighborhood, the Bangladeshi neighborhood, so um, and the Indian neighborhood, and it's it's quite it's quite interesting. But at least there, it's Fly Dubai that does everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it goes east, it goes west, it goes north, it goes south. Yeah. Here, Abu Dhabi is going at it a little differently, and they're sort of cannibalizing each other. If yeah, you well, will, but it's maybe hour, not. It's, a, it's, a, it's an hour and a half away. Uh, Dubai driving. Hour and a, yeah, hour and a half. And, driving. Um, yeah, That's and not it, that far. And there's a bus service. Yeah, but the bus... I don't think... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a bus, but I think the Dubai people... There is the a bus. bus. Yeah, yeah, there is a bus. Yeah, I mean, <clears> there's actually... When, when you take... You can buy a ticket on Etihad from Dubai to, say, JFK. And mm -hmm. the Dubai to um, Abu Dhabi portion is, is yep. a bus that would take it there, yeah. which is actually a really nice bus, by the way. I took it once. <laughs> I was going Dubai to Kuwait, and I did Dubai to Abu Dhabi on the bus, and then Abu Dhabi to Kuwait on the uh, on a three twenty. So, so yeah, so this kind of stuff. Um, but we are it's 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 exciting. Uh, uh, yeah, despite yeah. COVID, there is still some really cool stuff that's happening out there. Uh, all right, Kushir. So you said it wouldn't take an hour, but it has taken an hour. And we have one more to do. So Are you serious? Yes. It's already been an hour. It's already been an hour. Like, so what we're going to do, we're very It's your fault. To... I know it is. Of course. Always. <laughs> <laughs> so every time, every time we start the show, Kushir is always like, oh, yeah, we can do this all in an hour. And I'm like, mm, not really. And we have like, we have, we have enough to like do two hours. So what we're going to do, we have one more story in airlines. We're going to finish that up and then um, that'll be episode 64. And then, you know, we'll do episode 65, probably tomorrow. But um, so was that if it was there? Yes. Okay. All right. Good deal. Yeah. So despite what's going on in the uh, aviation industry, there's a lot of exciting stuff that's going on out there. Kushu, I can't wait to fly again. I'm actually excited about, you know, getting out there and checking out all this stuff. I don't really want to fly now because I, I don't care to tell people, oh, look, the airport's empty. Oh, look, look, I, I have a middle seat empty next to me. Or oh, look, I'm sitting next to somebody who I don't know. I may catch COVID when I get off of this flight. 
that's that's not exciting there's a bunch of other people yeah. who are doing that um but this stuff is really exciting and you know as soon as we are able to fly uh and, and not worry about it uh it'll be exciting yeah in the plane yeah and of course if you have to go somewhere then you know if you have to go somewhere you have to go somewhere but um i'm not yearning i was just looking at my new york pictures which is why i have my new york background and uh, I miss New York. I mean, I, I, I used to live in New York and I still love New York. And, uh, but you know, you know, it has issues. And plus I have to quarantine for 14 days or take a test or something. Cause that's the other thing. People forget about the tests that we have to do when we travel mm. within the United States. And lots of people don't do them because they say that you know, no one's enforcing it. And so, so what happens if you don't take a test? Can you travel? Uh, yeah, because no one's enforcing it. So, um, but I think somebody told me that in New York, there were actually national guards at the airport. So I think they can stop you and ask you because you have to fill out documentation. A number mm. of states have forms yeah. you have to fill out. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, and when you go, you are supposed to either take the test and have a negative test, or you can do the 10 day quarantine. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> if you haven't done that. And a lot of people haven't done that. Uh, did you know that if you go like to Chicago, um, you have to quarantine? Is uh, that right? Yes, yeah, like mandatory. And the thing is that- um, uh, But not if I, you're transiting, right? Uh, no, not no, if you're transiting. Not. But no, if not. you're going just to visit, you need to quarantine or it's, okay. it's, and it's like 10 days or something like that. And I know a lot of non-nerves are non-nerving between the two cities, but the exception is if you're going for work, then okay. you're exempt because you, you have to have a, a, your badge or something like that to do that. But uh, we just can't willy-nilly fly anywhere anymore, please. Mm. Just, just, it's very tempting to break whatever quarantine stuff they have. But when, they, when you get caught, they're going to make examples of people eventually because the states have issued executive orders for the states yeah. um, that says, you can't do this, you can't do this. And most every state, you either have to take the PCR or you need to do it at point two. We have to get this under control quickly. We have to get it under control. Drifted Otherwise, we're, we're, not, we're not going to get the industry back. Yeah. You know, and, and, it, and it's sad because I know people who have been out of job for almost a year now. You know, in March, it'll be a year since they haven't worked in the airline mm -hmm. industry. So, um, but we need to get, we need to somehow figure wow. out how to get control. So the last story we have in airlines, is um and again we were talking about uh you know despite COVID <laughs> a lot of places are getting new airlines and Vietnam is no is no excuse right what you got in Vietnam I um <laughs> I don't know whether to be surprised or shocked uh -huh. at v Vietnam especially recently. But Vietnam now has its sixth national airline. Oh, boy. Um, and it's like an airline called Viet Travel. Viet uh -huh. Travel. And is that 1T or 2T? T-R-A, 1T. Okay. Viet right. Travel Airlines. Sorry, um, I, I and they to started, put the light on because uh, it's getting dark outside. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they started January 25th. Uh-huh. Um, they have the airline code of VU. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to focus on uh, the leisure market in Vietnam. And they had their first flight, as I said, on January 25th from Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City, to um, a little island off the coast of Vietnam, very close to the Cambodian border in the Gulf of Thailand, called Pho Quoc. The airport code is PQC. This is today. January yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, kind yes. of, kind of twelve hours ago or fourteen hours ago. That's right. <laughs> yes, with three twenty ones. Nice. So they're going to be a hybrid airline, mm -hmm. uh, and of course, um, Vietnam Airlines, which is the flag carrier of Vietnam, is not very happy about it because they are being assaulted. Um, at all levels from the yeah. different competitors in Vietnam. Wow. Because, um, so Viet Travel plans to have at least initially two hubs in Hanoi and Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City. And then they're going, but they're based in Hue, 
which is sort of in the center of the country on the, right. on the coast. So that's where their headquarters are and where they hope to establish a hub of sorts. Gotcha. Uh, the flights are going to be one, one time a day, once a day or twice daily at, at most with 321s. So this is a subsidiary of Viet Travel, which is uh, one of the largest tour operators in uh, Vietnam. And all these new airlines have to be approved by the prime minister of Vietnam's office. Okay. So all this was done in 2020. And um, the 321s are going to be in an all economy configuration of 220 seats. They hope to have eight aircraft by 2022, and they expect to uh, grow to about 30 planes. Wow. Okay. So this airline launch comes barely a year after Bamboo Airways, which started with 321s, uh, 787s, and recently an E-190. Are they still flying? So, yes, they are. Okay. And, and Bamboo Airways wants to come to the U.S. with the 787s. That need was the primary need reason. A test. Well, <laughs> but um, so the different airlines in Vietnam are the first one is the Vietnam Airlines Group, which mm-hmm. is um, Vietnam Airlines, which is the flag carrier. Then they have uh, what used to be Jetstar Pacific, but Qantas sold it and they renamed it as Pacific Airlines. Okay. And then the regional uh, carrier, which is called Vasco for okay. Vietnam Air Services, yeah. they have ATRs. So they are tiny uh, operation. Then there's uh, Bamboo Airways. Then there's Vietjet, which is the ULCC in Vietnam that now has the highest market share at about 42%, um, which is really very aggressive. And now they're going to have Viet Travel. Wow. Viet Travel and Vietjet have sort of the same business model and they're going after the same ONDs. Hmm. So this is not going to be pretty. And of course, Vietnam Airlines is caught in the middle, um, sandwiched wow. between all these very aggressive, low-cost competitors. So yeah, I decided yeah. to try um, trying to book a flight. Mm-hmm. And they have Viet Travel is offering fifty thousand tickets for free. That's not excluding taxes and fees. So I actually could get a seat for January thirtieth between um, Hanoi and Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City. Yeah, for zero. I didn't do the, the taxes and fees, but they are the fares are still available, and the, the full fare prices, the fully refundable prices. Mm-hmm. Well, that same city pair is about 55 US dollars. But I wonder how many people are really flying there, Kusha. True. But remember, yeah. Vietnam has not been that badly affected, surprisingly. Well, because they've... they've seem to they've, have managed it yeah. well. It's because, yeah, they've done some really good management. And whenever they find... It's so, still whenever a they find populated country. It is very dense. Yeah. You've been... You've been uh, was it you no. and I have been? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Vietnam is very, very dense. Oh. Um, like, dense. <laughs> there are people everywhere. Um, so, and, and most people on little motorbikes, because that's what their yeah. primary mode of transportation is. You know, you can take a motorbike from the airport. You can get a, it, it's, it's not Uber, it's um, called Grab. You can mm. get a little, Grab is their equivalent to Uber. So you can get to the airport and you, can, you, you see people with their, their suitcases on bikes. It's quite interesting to see. Um, but um, actually, I have a question for you, and I really couldn't get an answer. Okay. Viet Travel, again, has a blue color scheme. Okay. And I'm trying to figure out what is it with the color blue that almost all the airlines in Vietnam have it. Vietnam Airlines has it. Uh, Pacific Airlines, uh, Bamboo has a little bit of green, but they also have the, yeah. the blue. And now... Um, Viet travel because Vietjet is mostly red and yellow. Yeah, but yeah, it's interesting. It might be it might be a cultural thing. Oh, could be. That's Um, what I thought. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and it's also blue for the ocean. Blue is a very soothing color, but it might be something in the culture. Um, Maybe maybe it's a good luck. Maybe it's a good luck color. Maybe 
Yeah. I couldn't find anything on it. Yeah. Um, but I like the Bamboo Airways the green door. Like I'm going to ask. I have, a, I have a friend who's actually there and he's Vietnamese. And so um, I'll ask him if blue is a, is a cultural. Lucky color or something. Yeah, lucky color in the culture. Yeah. So, I'll send him a note after we get up here. <laughs> um, but no, that, that's actually quite interesting. Um, so six yet, airlines for one. I mean, yes, it's a big country, but. It's a big country and there's a lot of people. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I mean, think of the United States, right? I mean, of course, Vietnam doesn't compare to the United States, but we have over, what, 12 airlines now or something like that. Um, so, yeah, again, yeah. we have all these rich people all over the world and yep. forming these airlines and it doesn't matter, right? It's like <laughs> it's 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 all over all the continents. Everyone is just saying, hey, so do you think? Do you think it's just that somebody wanted to get a tax write-off or something? So <laughs> they have too much money. <laughs> it's also a status thing, right? Have your own yeah. airline. Yeah, it is. And airlines um, all over is the same. It's it's a big deal. Because even the Caribbean, there's, I was reading about inter, inter-Caribbean. Huh. And um, that they're doing actually quite well. I didn't realize they were doing that well. And yeah, people just want to... Yeah, lots of lots so, of rich people around, Kusha. Um, all right, good. So that's, that's no, even this this flight to uh, Phu Quoc, yeah, and this little island called Con Dao on the southeast coast of Vietnam, the fares mm-hmm. are like in the twenty US dollar range on Saigon. So the I guess the question about that is, um, and you know, we we tend to because we do everything in US dollars, we tend to forget that it's local people primarily that are going to buy these, right. these tickets. So I don't know what that equivalent is. And You're right. Yeah, You're and, right. It, and is that expensive for the local people or not? You know, because like, for example... Yeah. In, and um, I don't know the taxes and the fees. Yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, in, that could be three or four times the fare. Yep. In, um, in, in Indonesia, for example, they, uh, the fine for not wearing a mask is the equivalent of 70 US dollars. So foreigners can easily pay that if they get fined. So mm. consequently, a lot of foreigners don't wear masks. However, the locals, I think they <clears> said <throat> that that is what they make in a month or something like that. It's, a, it's, like, it's like a lot mm. of money to the locals, right? So um, in Vietnam- well, Maybe that's be, what you need. Yeah, right? So in Vietnam, it so, might be similar. A $20 airfare, which for us, we're like, oh, this is really cheap. It's probably a lot of money. It's that equivalent of paying, I don't know, four hundred dollars to go to LA from Houston mm. or something like that. Uh, but it looks spectacular. These these places in yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, but obviously they're pricing their fares so that you know somebody can buy them, right? Mm. Especially now. Yeah, they can't price them out, price themselves out of the marketplace because no, no one's gonna fly. So um, this must be an amount that's affordable, quote unquote. Especially mm. that fifty-five dollar fare you said between the Ho Chi Minh Hanoi and Ho Chi Minh, yeah, yeah, fully so that, refundable. Yeah, so that might be a. Um, and if they if they're giving them away, it's because they want to get people to fly and like and brand area. recognition. Yeah, and and they realize that the flights are probably empty anyway because <laughs> people aren't flying. So um, no. you know, you might as well get them on and get get yeah. them used to it, and then you know lose a bag or two and then <laughs> speaking of losing your bag or two Kisha, I need to um, I, I need to look at a DOT statistics and see um, what they are in terms of baggage baggage loss uh, and you know, so, Vietnam no just, just in the US in oh uh, okay yeah because you know we're carrying this people right <laughs> yeah yes all right um so- all right, cool. Well, I, is, is that all you had on that one? Yes. yes. All right, good deal. All right, so we're going to wrap it up. <clears throat> We've, of course, gone over hours. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I remember you can find us on Spotify. Uh, we are on iTunes. Uh, you can also download straight from the website. And um, what's uh, the website? Uh, what's the website? Passwriter.com slash W-H-I-T. And, uh, you know, give us some feedback. And uh, now, you guys are downloading and you guys are actually listening to the episodes because I look at the statistics and I can tell that you guys are downloading. 
and uh, there was one episode we had like 60 downloads of one particular episode and um, and I thought that was actually pretty good because it happened in one day so mm. uh, which tells me that someone um, promoted it uh, which is really okay. good yeah so um, I know you're listening so tell me you know come back and tell us what's going on leave us a, leave us some feedback and let us know uh, the good somebody thing is, is watching you. Who sang that? Somebody's watching. Yeah, Jermaine. Uh, Jermaine. Is it Jermaine? Yes. Jermaine. So the cool thing about it is that um, we're not getting complaints, and so since we're not getting complaints, we haven't stepped on anybody's toe. But it also means that you might not just be listening, so you don't know that we're stepping on your toes. <laughs> anyway. Or you don't give a damn. Exactly. Uh, but, we're, you know, obviously we enjoy doing this. Um, and, you know, it's our pleasure to bring you the news and just give you a different taste of what you're seeing everywhere. But uh, we're going to end because my low battery light is telling me that my batteries are low. Which, uh, uh, and it's, uh, let's see, over oh, 10%. But uh, we're going to, yeah, we're getting, we're getting low. Um, so uh, this is my buddy. For sure. Thank you for listening. And I'm Kerwin, and we're signing off for episode 64. All right, talk to you guys soon.